Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to We Move Through Stormy Weather, a fish podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. My name is Ryan Storm, and today I'm joined by Benji Eisen. Benji is a writer, journalist, and artist manager based in California. He is the co-author of Deal, My Three Decades of Drumming, Dreams, and Drugs with the Grateful Dead, a New York Times bestseller that he wrote with Bill Kreutzman, the drummer for the legendary book. He's also interviewed and written about hundreds of musicians and celebrities, including everyone from the Rolling Stones to Ted Nugent, for publications such as Rolling Stone, Esquire, Men's Journal, and MTV News. He just wrapped up the fourth season of Undermine, Tom Marshall's fish podcast that he writes, co-hosts, and co-produces alongside Tom Marshall and RJB, and he continues to work closely with Bill Kreutzman on a number of current creative projects, including Billy and the Kids. Hi, Benji. How are you? Hi, Ryan. I am great. I'm so glad that we're finally doing this. Me too. It's It's been another one of those episodes that there have been a few throughout the series where it's like, you know, chasing each other via Twitter DMs for like two years, and then it's like... Finally, we're here. We're, we're here. talking about yep. it, and I'm we're excited. Here. We're right on time. Yes, exactly. We're we're right where we need to be. That's you know? right. We're where we were meant to be. That's well. right. Well, before we dive into uh, our song pick for today and our jams, um, which we've got two great versions to talk about, uh, let's go into. Tell me a little bit about how you got into fish. Your background. Well, I well I got into fish. I suppose uh, that the Grateful Dead really were the gateway drug. But then, uh, but you know, I That's got it. into fish in the in the mid nineties, and it was uh, the fall of ninety three. So I was uh, a college kid. My fr- I just entered college, and you know, I I liked the Grateful Dead. I, I loved the Grateful Dead at the time, uh, and still do, obviously. But I had seen them a, a, at that point a, a few times. Um, and they were probably, they would have been my favorite band, but I also had a lot of favorite bands. You know, Nirvana was hot at the, you know, 93, all, all these other bands that I absolutely loved. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I wouldn't have said I was a deadhead. I I would have just said that they, they changed my life when I saw them the first time because I was like, you can do this with a concert, 
you know, but, right. but uh, when was your first Dead show? 91, uh, June or July 91 at RFK Stadium. I forget the date now. I want to say July 16th, 91 or June 16th, nice. but yeah, 91 at RFK Stadium um, and, you know, changed my life. But, um, but then, then uh, when I discovered fish, I was in the dorms in college and uh, a, around a bong in my friend's dorm room, and he put on me enjoy myself. I uh, know to be fair, I had heard well, I had heard rumblings of fish in boarding school, and I think I, I heard a uh, picture of nectar. I think I even had it, but it didn't it didn't do anything for me. Like I heard it didn't llama, click. Yeah, I, I heard llama, and I think it was sold to me by my by uh, by a friend of mine that said they're kind of like the red hot chili peppers, and I and which huh? yeah, I. But then I heard Mama and I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, hippie chili peppers. I, I guess so. Yeah, you know. I don't know if I've ever heard that comparison before. Never, That's ridiculous. Never, no. <laughs> to- totally off base, you know. But but Llama was the first song. So I'm like, okay, like maybe maybe there's something to that. But then um, but then suddenly, uh, you know, around this bong in a, in a dorm room, like in, a, in like the cliche, like, you know, smoke circle, you know, like from that 70s show. And my friend puts on You Enjoy Myself. And it was like the world stopped. I was like, what, you know, what is this? You know, and it just, yeah. it, it hit, you know, it, it took me. And I, you know, immediately, you know, I, by, by the end of it, I was just like, okay, cool. I, I'll see, I, I have to borrow the CD. I'll see you guys later. You know, I, I go back to my room. Going down a rabbit hole. I, going down a rabbit hole. And then, and this is a, a true story that, that's funny. I've, I've told it before, but it, it's, it's funny because it's true. And that's that. I was in my dorm that evening with the girl I was dating at the time and we had started to, you know, like started to have sex and I had, I had the, I had Junta on and it's union federal (laughs) and she quite the background. She freaked out and hated it and told me to turn it off. And I was like, I, I can't do that. <laughs> and she was like, turn it off. Union I, federal stays on. Yeah, and I was, like, I was like, I was like, I'm listening to the, it's amazing. And, and she's like, it's either me or that. And I was like, well, okay, we got to pause. Cause I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hear the rest of this. And I heard, I heard the rest of the album and only one of those are still with me today. And so, so it's, it's true. Right. Yeah, you know, it chose right. Union federal is timeless. Yeah, totally. That's what we know. Never get distracted yeah. by a woman when you could be listening to union. Federal. Well, and then I think by the time sanity hit, she was just like, that's it. I'm, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> I, I'm leaving. <laughs> but that's quite the, that's quite the introduction to the band. And then yeah. how long after that was your first show? Uh, just a couple months, New Year's Eve, 93. Which oh, was Worcester. an incredible first show to have. It was also an unfair first show. I thought they did the aquarium st- stage at every show, <laughs> you know? um, and it, it was just you know uh, it was just an incredible first show. But I remember leaving that night. You know, the, the Dead changed my life when I saw them for the first time. In terms of, I had seen you know I was a music head, so I had you know concerts were my or my you know what my world revolved around. Especially yeah. that age when you know anything I could go to that was that was all ages and not just in the clubs over twenty one, and so it it expanded my world. But then when I saw my first fish show, I was just like I I was like this is this is for me. This is where I belong. This is this is it, you know. Uh, and uh, and suddenly nothing else like other music just all fell by the wayside. It was like wow, this is on such a different level, you know? right? So and yeah. and it was it was very much you know, the, the dead were beh- always a little bit before my time. They were like a relic 
that you're watching and you're like, it's amazing. But you know, by the time I started seeing them, they right, it was '90s dead. Yeah, yeah, it was '90s dead. You know, and so I could dive into the tapes, but it always felt like I was diving into you know a, a, the past, you know, and somebody else's thing, and right. and, and getting get, being lucky to witness it. You know, um, but with fish, it was very much of like, this is what's happening in this moment. You know, like at the end of that night, Trey said, well, it's been 10 years for us. And, and I remember thinking, where the fuck have I been for 10 years? (laughs) And then suddenly it was like, it was like, oh, but that also means that like, they are, they're kind of just blowing up, you know, like, you know, and so it was cool to, to be there for the mid nineties to, to get to, you know to get to experience all that December 95, I, I, I saw, uh, I was seeing shows b- between finals. I was going to finals and then driving a few hours to see a show. And then as and you my, should, yeah, ab- absolutely. But the idea that I, you know, in hindsight, I was just, I, I knew in, in ni- December 95, I have to see as many of these shows as possible, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I think I saw like eight that, that month, you know, so it's a good month to see shows. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to this day, one of my favorites. Yeah. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a month to go see a lot of fish shows, yeah. hard to top December '95. Well, yeah, summer '94, which is underrated, I think. Summer, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it's because that was the first summer that I was doing a lot of, you know, that I was doing more. I I did that one show, the New Year show. I did uh, a, a a couple shows of that spring tour because they played Binghamton and they came right near where my school was. But in the summer, mm-hmm. I took a week week and a half, and I did a, you know like a week and a half of tour. And so maybe that I saw Big Birch, you know, during that run, the Gamehenge, yeah, Gamehenge uh, at Great Woods, uh, the Montreal and Ottawa, Canada shows, SPAC, th- their first time at SPAC, uh, and then it ended at, at Sugarbush, you know. So right, I, I think that that was really that's an underrated tour. Yeah, I there, there's a lot going on, and that's a great segue into uh, our our main topic today because we are talking about some summer '94. Uh, yeah. stuff you know we've got you picked david bowie uh this is the first time on the podcast it's episode 33 and i have not done bowie yet um and it's also interesting because for the second episode in a row i picked a 1.0 version which i don't generally do uh the original idea for this podcast when i started it two and a half years ago was you know i'm gonna pick a 3.0 version you know my guest is gonna pick a 1.0 version and we're gonna argue about it um because I generally think, you know, modern fish is better. Um, but, you know, as this podcast has kind of evolved, like, you know, Bowie wasn't even on my original list of songs because I was like, there is not a single version played after 2003 that can, you know, top a version played before that. So I'm I'm not even going to put it on the list. But, you know, especially over the last year or so, I've been like, okay, like, I can pick a 1.0 version, like, you know, eh, whatever. Um, and so I, you know, I picked the, uh, the Island tour stash in the last episode, Great uh, and then here I am today picking another phenomenal. Well, yeah. The, the version you picked is phenomenal. Uh, Ryan. So I'm so glad to hear you say that about, about the modern era of fish. I think that fish, you know, is as good a, a band as they've ever been. And when they have, I'm going to reach through the computer right now and shake your <laughs> yeah. hand because I don't normally hear that from someone who's been seeing them yeah. for, you know, well, 30 years. I mean, uh, it's a part of it is that, you know, what fish taught me, one of the many lessons they taught me is, is you can't get stuck in yesterday and you, you have to, you know, right. be very much in the moment and the moment's different, you know, like uh, it, they, they, they're a different band, they, but that just means evolved. 
And I think, yeah. that, you know, when they're at their best now, they're at their best that they've ever been. You know, yeah. um, the I think one of the, the things that, one of the difficulties when people don't see that is because if they're at an age where they can't be their best every moment. And in 94, 95, you know, you left those shows going, that was the best night of it. Like every night it seemed, it felt like they were just getting better and better and better. You know? Right. Cause they're also in 1994, they were playing with the, the speed and like at least physical ability of guys in their early thirties. That's right. Right now they're like page turned 60 a couple of days ago. Yeah. And, uh, and because you know. of that, they, they're, they're compensating for that with these amazing textures and, and, Whatever, but it, it works. It's uh you know, and I'm getting older too, and I and so it's like okay, cool. We can slow right. down a little bit. It's fine. It's still it's still frenetic. It's still a lot of notes. You know, I I uh I had well, and also fish fish in 1994 could not play any of the deep jams that fish played. That's say right. for instance, like on this past spring tour, yeah. like they 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 didn't have the improv ability to do that, and right. you know they need. First of all, the wisdom and the we can't play as fast, so we're going to step back and do other shit. Um, you know, they they need the time to learn how to get to that point, um, which is yeah, it's exactly yeah, that, that. That's absolutely right. And so I I'm a you know a huge fan of you know people ask me what fish am I listening to, and it's always the most recent fish. You know, you know it's yeah, it, it's uh, I want to hear you know I want to hear the spring tour because that's new and fresh and. You know, I'm I'm one of these guys that I don't believe. I again, I, it's something that Fish taught was that like you don't want to be redundant, and I don't want to listen to the same show again. And, they, and when I go see Fish, I don't want to see the same set list that I saw in '94. That was great. That was incredible. I'm so glad that I saw it. But now, give me something new. Give me a new song. Give me something. Mm. You know, try doing something that I haven't seen yet. You know, yeah. and, and when it's those songs like, like I get why, you know, Tweezer is always a new song, right? Like when they do it right, it's it's going to be a new song. But yeah. Gaiuti, for instance, I don't need to see another Gaiuti. I want to see like, you know, play, bring forward people to, to life on stage, you know. Uh, That's but, a hot take right there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I want to see something new because that's what they're excited about. And, I, and, and also I haven't, you know, I've seen Gaiuti a lot. It's great. But like. Right. Show me something new, you know. I, I, I see. I personally would like to see Gaiuti if Trey's practiced it. Yeah, maybe, um, yeah. Well, you know, that was like, the problem. You know, that was even back. even back when they, you know, in the nineties, that was. I mean, it's an incredibly difficult song. Yeah. Like it, it might be the most difficult one in the catalog. Yeah. I feel like there, are, also, foam might be like oh, there. Really there are so many incredibly complex songs in the catalog that it's like, like how do you ever? First of all, like, you know, at, at the speeds that they used to play it at and playing all the right notes, like, that shouldn't be possible. Yeah, that's um, But your, your point about the, the dead and, you know, you getting into the dead in the early 90s and then it's like, oh, it, you know, felt like someone else's thing. To me, that's why I feel like I've been so lucky with Fish yeah. because, you know, I'm, I'm a generation after the Fish heyday, right? Yeah. You know, like, I, I wasn't born until a month after 1.0 ended. Um, so... I'm so lucky and grateful that the band has been, you know, reinventing themselves and continuing to push the boundaries for the last, you know, 11 years that I've been seeing them. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, I listen to and love, you know, shows from the nineties all the time, but being able to go to a show and witness 
you know, stuff like, um, you know, just to just think like last year's April MSG run, like the whales yeah, and that's you know, the jams that they played at that run or like Chula Vista 2021, like that show is the best concert I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I walked out of that night, like after that Piper being like, what the fuck? Yep, that's right. You know, like yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. And, and, and it's nights like that, like that Chula Vista show, which I also was at. And I was at with, you know, my closest friends are, are, most of them saw fish at the, the the earliest they saw fish was 2.0. Most of them yeah. saw, saw them in 3.0. They're they're all about 10 years younger, eight to 10 years younger than me. And they got into fish later. And they used to, you know, in the middle of 3.0, a few years, a few years into it, they, it would, and, you know, they were new to it in terms of, they probably had seen 20 shows or less at that point. And they, I've only seen 18. (laughs) And well, they they kept on asking me, they're like, they're like, you know, well, what was it like? What was it like? And uh, I remember at one point, it might've even been Chula Vista where I walked out. I was like, you guys are asking about, you know, leaving the best shows of fish. Well, now, you you know, you just experienced it. Yeah. Like your people 15 years from now will be like, you were at fall 2021. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It feels just as special now as it, as it felt, as it felt. Then the only difference was that everybody was younger then. And and the, right. the, the scene was younger and the, there was a different element to the, the uh, some of the adjacent things. Like there was a different element. And you also couldn't that. listen to the whole show. And you couldn't listen to the whole show afterwards. Yeah. It's, it's a much better era like that. I mean, you had, you walked out of a show and, and I remember getting phone calls from friends on, on the road that, that like, they would have what to, did they play? yeah, they'd have to tell yeah. me what they played and how it was. And it'd be like, do I get the tape? Well, definitely get the second set, you know? Right. And, and then yeah. like a month later, you know, if you're lucky. Yeah, and so yeah, that's good. We we got into a we got into a nice little little tangent uh, early on in the episode. I feel like that doesn't usually happen until later on, so that's good. I want to dive into these Bowies uh, a little bit. You yeah. picked six eighteen ninety four. Tell me about why you picked this verse. Well, this is a great segue from what we were just talking about. I read on Rec Music Fish. I think it may have been Charlie Dirksen. I might be making that up, but somebody, a lot of people were praising this show on Rec Music yeah. Fish right after it happened. And, you know, I did a lot of that June 94 stuff, but it was after that, that this, the, the, the Bowie that we're talking about came from the UIC Pavilion in Chicago. And then they did, after that, there was the Sids 22, uh, you know, show and just a number of amazing shows. But then come, come July, that's when I really hopped on. It was in July. And, right. um, and so I was on, I was, you know, seeing shows on the road before I was able to hear this. And everyone was, this is one of the shows that the, uh, the UIC Pavilion and, and, uh, and Columbus 622 were, were the two that everybody was raving about, but I couldn't yeah. hear them. And so this bow, it took me a long time to get this set. And it would have been, my guess is it would have been sometime deep in the fall of 94 when I finally got the cassette and I only got the second set. And I remember putting it on and I walked around uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where I was living at the time. I walked around City Island, listening to it on headphones with, with a, a Walkman. And I just remember, you know, freaking out being, as soon as Peaches starts, it's just like, you yeah. know, you, you know how there are those shows where the minute that they start, there's it's something like, oh, in it. There's, it's on. Yeah, there's yeah. something in it. It's about like some extra extra mustard you know where they're just putting it into and this show starts off like you know from the very first you know bar of music that this is going to be one of those nights 
And I remember walking around Sea Island like that. And, you know, then I, um, another time I, I, I came back to this tape, I was breaking up with somebody and I was I had a lot of heartbreak and a lot of pain over it. And my friend Carla, who I've seen a lot of shows with, said, you know, therapeutically, listen to more fish. It will do, it, you know, like that's what, that's what you need. It will, it, it will help. And I kind of thought she was being dismissive, but then sure enough, I put on this set of, of fish and this Bowie. It was one of those moments where it was like, okay, nothing else matters. You know, nothing hurts. Everything, right. everything's perfect. You know, everything was beautiful every, and nothing hurts. Everything is beautiful and nothing hurts. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. I I think so the these two bowies are interesting for me in terms of my fish progression. You know, I'll talk about my pick uh in a little bit, which is like actually very significant uh to my fish listening journey. But this one I think I first heard this um sometime like late in grade twelve, um, when I was still like that was when I was just starting to listen to one point oh fish. Um, like I, I didn't hear a note purposely of 1.0 fish until I listened to the Island tour when I was like 17. Um, like I, I had only been listening to the handful of shows that I had downloaded on my phone. Like it was, you know, it was like super ball and then the shows that I had been to, and then a select few of other stuff and, you know, some other jams that I would go to. And, but basically I was only like in, in. In, when I was in grade 12 in uh, 2017, 2018, I was pretty much only listening to like probably 10 shows. Like, and that was all I was listening to. Like I didn't listen to any other music. Now I, I, I listen to a wide variety of shows from three bands. Um, but you know, it more than that. Um, but well, this yeah. Bowie, I remember hearing and I like was not familiar with the sound of 1994 at the time. Like I, and just kind of being blown away by the, the turn on the dime, the speed, and it's just foot to the floor for 18 minutes. There, there is no, there's no give, there's no let up in this jam. It's just foot to the floor. Um, and I mean, I love the mind left body jam at the beginning. I, I just, I love how it's, you have just short of 30 seconds of Bowie intro and then Trey just comes in with it. And then it's just like this soaring, you know, mind left body thing. And they all transition away from the Bowie intro. You know, it's not like a jam over top of the hi-hat thing. It's just, it's just amazing for like, you know, two and a half minutes, whatever.
Well, it's, I think it's like a full five minutes before they go into the actual bow intro. And so in your mind, yeah. you kind of, you know, if, if you're listening actively and you're in the moment with them, everyone forgets that it. it's, it's David Bowie. The band probably forgot, you know, they, they do this right. body thing and, and sh- it's so, uh, you know, it, it, it really shows how, you know, Fish's strength of, of rallying around each other and passing the hay and, and the Ojipa, you know, all these listening uh, uh, experiments and, and exercises that they do because they kind of do this mind left body jam. And, and on another night, it may have just been that. It may have just been those that descending little lick and then right back right. into the hi-hat. But instead, the whole band immediately just picks up on it. And they're like, off we go. Where are we going? Who knows? And then five minutes later, they're like, weren't, weren't we in David Bowie? <laughs> yeah, there, there was a Bowie here at one point. Yeah, and there's, and there's one time right before... They drop into the song like four and a half ish minutes in, where the they kind of get into this like low like dun, 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 space that reminded me of the simple jam from eight twelve ninety eight, um, which like the the Vernon Downs show. There was just there was something about it that like triggered that in my head, which is a super you know nerdy thing of me to do. But like it, it's just cool how you can hear you know obviously they were a completely different band four years later when they played that jam. And that exact same kind of motif sounds so different in that simple, but it, it sounds, um, you know, what it, it just, it sounds very similar. And I, well, I thought that was a, a cool thing to notice. I, I think that uh, in the, the Bowie that you picked and, and I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it's what I, one of the things I love about these back to back is that there's also a little bit of an intro jam and it shows you how different that intro yes. be because the intro is, it's a it's a wide open palette. It's like they can do whatever they want with it, and now they often don't do anything. Now it's the hi hat, and then they they go into Bowie. They go in, yeah, yeah twenty it, seconds, whatever. In ninety four, especially you know for Bowie, in my opinion, um, I'm sure that you know it, it's an opinion, so so there can be healthy debate on it. But I think ninety three, ninety four, and ninety five was when Bowie really came into itself, and there are there's a stretch of fall ninety four. Bowie's before the Providence Bowie, where yep. it was just, you know, every time they played it, it was, it was, it was basically the tweezer that tweezer is now, you know, it yeah. was like, it, and tweezers were, were, were still tweezers, but, but when they did David different. Bowie, yeah, different. But when they did David Bowie, then it was to me, I mean, it was my favorite at the time. And now tweezers is my favorite for the same reasons. It's when they started right. with David Bowie in the mid nineties, you knew that you were on a journey and you had no idea. You knew where it would end, but you had no idea how it was going to get there. And now yeah. when they do Bowie's, and probably the reason it didn't occur to you to, to have it you know, as part of this, is when they do Bowie's now, it r- reminds me of Slave or, or a Hood or even a Caspian, where like right. it's this beautiful song, but it, it has a, 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 you know, like, you know. Structure. Yeah, it's going to be 10, 11 minutes. It's going to close the set. It's going to be great, but you're yeah. not going to get anything yeah, crazy. You, know, you yeah. know the playbook and you know how they're going to do it. And, and at, any, at any point, too, if you stopped it and if you play 30 seconds of it out of context, you're like, oh, that's, that's David Bowie. It's know? Bowie. Yeah. yeah. Here, here, you play this. There's, you know, there's a part of this six eighteen ninety four jam where they're basically playing a simple jam. Yep. Uh, you know, and then then you've got just teases galore, like three blind mice, and there's one part just before the twelve minute mark where Trey feels like he's building into the arrival section of Fluffhead. Like That's you know, right. he's playing that final like it was like kind of similar to that Dave's energy guide. 
Jimi yeah. Hendrix. Like it was, it's, it's all over the map. And also, you know, at the end, like at the very end of the jam, Trey does noises that sound like a fighter jet landing. That's right. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. Just, like it's, it's just, yeah. it's so wild what they pack into 18 minutes yeah. here. And then you also wonder like, you know, six months later, they're playing multiple 40 minute versions of this song. Yeah. That's right. And it, yeah. it's, it's absurd. Like yeah. this song. Yeah. It was the tweezer of 1994 because it fit their sound so well at the time that, that tension, that turn on the dime, the speed, that's what Bowie is. Yeah. Right. That that's the essence of Bowie. And that was the essence of fish in 1994. That's right. And I, I do wonder if maybe the reason they, they, they don't do it now is because there's a freneticism involved with it that, that, you know, yeah. That it's hard for them to attain now. So instead they do something that's more suited to their, and tweezers malleable tweezer. You can do that. You can do, look at the shoreline tweezer that is, you know, so incredible. Um, oh, but I love that one. yeah. And, and, uh, and Alpharetta from, from that same summer. I mean, there's a number of, of, of great tweezers that the recent one in Berkeley, but you know, it, it, they're also different. Whereas with Bowie, the granted, I mean, even the Providence Bowie that we've mentioned, it, it gets very dark and spacey and spacious, yep. but uh, I mean, you know, we talked about the intro here and, and how they did other things. There's other Bowies from the same era where they do like a Jessica jam from the Allman brothers. They do, yeah. uh, you know, Moby Dick, you know, there, there's a catapult, you know, and, they they they'll do catapult Bowie catapult Bowie catapult you know Bowie stuff like that right uh, and Bowie was kind of the place for it you knew that there you know there was a time ninety three where you kind of got the feeling that they probably were going to tease songs in in that Bowie sometimes yeah. you know sometimes songs from that same set or previewing songs that they're about to play or that they just played and then other times oh there's a Jessica lick you know or the, the, right it's like oh just just for shits we're gonna play you know again. We're going to play a three blind mice jam. Yeah. Huh? So, not only like that, but the three blind mice jam, the thing I love about it is first they, they, they hit that melody and then they all go with it. And then Trey just decides he's going to, he's going to tape the three blind mice and he's going to fly. Like he's just doing Right. And, and it's just like these soaring league guitar lines from Trey that becomes the, the motif for the song. Like he comes back to it. And it's just this, you know, this incredible, this beautiful melody that just soars with the band supporting him the, the, beneath it. And it's just, it's, it's incredible. It really is incredible. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's fascinating to listen to them do this. Well, the other, you know, it really is. It, it is. The, the other thing too, that keeps coming to mind with this one, you know, as you mentioned at the end there, there's, you know, what I love about Bowie's from this era is that the end of it, Oftentimes, the the the, the Bowie that I originally thought about, actually, Ryan, and you know this, was going to be Philadelphia, the Man Music Center from '95, uh, mm -hmm. which is a criminally underrated Bowie. It's over 20 minutes. Uh, it was recently released as a on a on a live bait compilation, um, and uh, maybe from a year ago, I, I I forget. But um, but I was so glad to have the official version because it it it's incredible now that you can listen to the one that got the official you know treatment and yeah. that high quality sound but at the end of these bowies from this era they had this they would play with that dynamic of okay here we have this intensity and then all of a sudden boom and we're going to very quickly you know be on the opposite end of the spectrum and alternate between high intensity and low intensity and here during that low intensity trey just he's just it's like almost like he can't stop like it's just like oh now it's now, now it's Vuda Child now it's Purple Haze 
you know, to yeah. Well, it. and and it's it's not like uh some teases where he like kind of stumbles upon the lick in the middle of a jam. It's like during the breaks at the end of the song, he's like, "I'm gonna do you know Voodoo Child yeah. in, in this break, and then the next break, I'm gonna do Purple Haze." And it's almost like his fingers just couldn't stop. Like the band just goes, yeah. the band goes into that space, and rather than him going with it, he's just like, "I gotta, I gotta keep going." <laughs> I just, yeah. the notes are just like coming out of him, you know. And that's that's true with the other Bowie too. The the, the Bowie you chose with both of these, Trey just has notes falling out of him, you know. Yeah, Cascading. it's it's incredible. Cascading. And so, I mean, we, we keep alluding to it. Let's let's talk about uh, my pick a little bit. Yeah. This is seven thirty ninety seven from Ventura. So this was, I believe, the very first one jam that I listened to ever. Wow. Um, it was um, it, when I was in high school. I used to, um, I would I would end up on this like online. I think it was, I forget what the website was called. It was like a listen together website where it was like a fish station and people would suggest jams and whatever. Um, and this was this was like early ish uh when i was in grade 11 you know i i hadn't really heard any 1.0 at all consciously and then these people were like okay like you know you've never heard this shit like okay and then they played this and i i was like oh like yeah okay <laughs> you know now now we're talking like this is the kind of shit that i should be listening to um now like obviously I still prefer modern fish, but that doesn't make this any less amazing. And it's so cool to compare the intros uh, of the two of these jams because, as I said before, it's like foot to the gas from the first second of six eighteen ninety four. The seven thirty ninety seven intro. It's still almost five minutes before they get into Bowie, but it's just like serene soundscapes. You know, you start, you get some vacuum, of course, because. All classy jams have some vacuum in them, <laughs> um, but just the like page layering the the CS sixty synth on Trey hanging back more Mike like just like you know like neck deep in reverb yeah <laughs> on the intro here um, and and of course shout out to Matt Groening who was at the show you know Simpsons tease. But man, this intro is so cool. I it, love listening to it's it. It's so cool, and it, it shows you uh, that you know these two Bowies back to back are are so great to hear back to back because it really does show you how Bowie was the tweezer of the mid '90s because they're so right. both of these are so impressive and they're also so different. I when when you picked out, uh, out this Ventura one, I went to listen to it and I hadn't listened to it for for years. You know, and, yeah. I, and I love the show. I have I obviously have the official release. You know, I, I've heard it many times, but it had been a long time since I heard it. And I put it on as I was going to bed, and I was, it was again, it was stopping my tracks. Like it was almost like the first time hearing any fish at all. I was just like, "Holy shit! What is you know?" <laughs> yeah. And it's just so it's so good, and it it also is just so you know. There's there's elements of this that are very much '97. But there's also element, you know, summer '97, especially. Um, yes. But, but there are, and they hint a little bit at the fall of '97, like in that segue that right before the segue into into cities. But um, there's stuff where Trey's doing, uh, you know, he they're like on like they're doing the reggae upbeat, uh, you know, uh, uh, upbeat upstroke, and uh, and uh, they set it up where it's just 
And then Trey starts again, just ideas flowing out of him. And I, I love right. how these two Bowies are, they're so different. And yet at the same time, they have that, that same spirit of adventure. Yeah. And it's a good point you mentioned about summer 97 versus fall 97. And I know through undermine recently, you know, you have done a deep dive on every single fall 97 show. Um, plus, you know, a lot of contextual listening. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I prefer summer 97 to fall 97. Personally, I I've, I've always kind of felt that way. It's, it's a brighter sound. It feels fresher. Uh, you know, they're just discovering that it feels more experimental too, right? You know, fall 97 is darker. And, you know, I think to me, I envision it as like, it's winter and we're in arenas and, you know, it's, it's a darker sound. And then summer, it's like, we're outside in these sheds, you know, we're having a ball. We're discovering this funk sound. talked about this recently i forget where i was talking about this um but it's like it, it's brighter it's more experimental you know I, I i feel like i'm repeating myself now but it's there's a certain something that that you lose in between the summer and the fall which is part of what gives fall its unique sound and it's like the you know they're like we're in the funk we're gonna do this in every single jam uh you know it's gonna be funk tray shredding funk etc um summer you have this bouncy or more playful energy to it uh in in my mind and that really comes across early on in this jam where you have that first kind of minute where it's like where are we going with this you know like yep. it, you can tell they're all kind of throwing some ideas they're trying out different things and then fishman starts into that reggae feeling thing page catches on and then then we're off to the races right and that's that's the that's the hallmark of this jam to me. It's it's that that first moment um where they where they make that where they make that shift. It's like the Ventura Bowie is is that's when it that's when it becomes the Ventura Bowie. I, I completely agree. And I'm so glad this is my turn to go to the screen to shake your hand. I'm so glad you said <laughs> that about ninety seven. I mean, I think to me, Fall ninety seven is very interesting and it's worthy of examination as we did on Undermine. But it is, you know, I, dare I say it, but it's true. I think it's overrated. I, I, I you know, yes. I, uh, I, I, I think that it's worthy of examination because it's different, and they, and it's, it's. Uh, back then in the '90s, I, I think every tour had a hallmark to it. You know, more yeah. so than now. There, there is, you know, summer '95 was ambient space, and summer '98 was like a, you know, the like jukebox where they were doing a different cover every night. And yeah, there are these hallmarks of every tour that I, they almost consciously were like, we're going to focus on this. And Fall in 87 was the James Brown thing. They had, they had the tape on the bus and, and 
and they were trying to do that and integrate that into their sound. And also they were trying to make entire arenas full of people dance because in 96, you know, it, it, which gets a bad rep, but there are great shows there, but it was like they were taking their prod rock stuff to arenas and 97 is where they figured out, well, people want to dance and we can make them dance hard, like to, to, to funk, but it, they lost something about, they lost that, like that, that peak jamming and that, that, you know, the apex and, and the, 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 that, the Bowie that we just talked about, uh, you know, from Chicago, the, the, it lost that, like the nuances that they went off with that got lost to this idea that we need to have a funk beat. We need to, we need to keep people. Dancing. Right. And I feel like summer 97, they're inching towards that, but they are outside. Like you said, you know, somebody else as a quick tangent, somebody, uh, somebody sent me a message when we were in mine and yeah. somebody who had been to every one of the, a friend of mine who had been to every one of those fall shows. And he said, you know, something that gets lost unless you were there and that needs to, you know, be spoken about is that the band, the, the music was getting darker as the tour is progressing and the weather was getting worse and it was right. in between, it was snowstorms and it was unusually freezing cold outside. Like the temperatures were lower than, than typical. It was, and it was snowstorm after snowstorm and outside, you know, fans were huddling out and, and, and then warming up in the building. And so the music really actually did reflect that, you know, in, in some way and internalized that in those jams. Yeah. Well, it's in, you, you take a jam, for example, like the Virginia Beach Gin or the Lakewood Ghost, and there's that playful energy to it. You know, the Lakewood Ghost is so in good. my top five yeah. favorite so fish good. jams of all time. Yes. Um, anybody who says Denver is better is wrong. Wrong. Um, I agree. Because it's uh, not close. A hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. yeah. It, you, like you can hear like Trey's like whooping throughout that entire jam. There's just like that. They're like, you know, unbounded, like, like, fuck it. Like, we're going to play this ghost for 27 minutes. This is going to be awesome. And then the on your way down shit yep. in the second half is so good. It was the culmination of a weekend too, where they, they came back yep. from Europe and they, they, they debuted the songs in Virginia. Beach. Those three shows are ridiculous. Yep. And then they go to Walnut Creek. And then all of a sudden the, the Atlanta was kind of like the, the exclamation mark on that weekend, you know? And, right. but, but that ghost, uh, I agree with you. That ghost is, is untouchable. Yeah. And so it's, it's that playful energy to me, which again, you hear in, in this Bowie too. It's like, you know, the bouncy, the bounciness, you know, even, even the, the funk section later on in the jam, it has a bounciness. Yeah. Um, the fall jams, don't have that bounciness. No, that's that's right. And they don't have the bounciness and they also don't have... That's the, the main distinction, I yeah, think. That's right. I, I think so too. And, you know, that reggae section we started talking about where the band's all working together to figure out where they're going and then Trey just starts riffing on top and it's like, you know, it turns into what a, a, what could be a slave or a hood, you know, where, where it's building like that. But then as it all starts building, it's like they're working for a brighter tomorrow today, you know? And then like right. <laughs> 12, minutes, 12 minutes into it, I, I think it was around around 12 minutes. Uh, it's the stuff that's the closest to my fish heart. And that's where it's just, you know, they have so many folds of their musical personality, but my, I think my favorite is the style of apex jamming, this peak jamming where, you know, the notes are just yeah. cascading and, and building and building and building. And, you yeah, it's it's the Bowie yep. snowball, like or like rolling down a hill and getting bigger and bigger and faster, and you know, like it and it, it feels like at that twelve minute mark, like oh, this might just be a pretty you know, quote unquote standard because it's amazing, but 
you know, it's Bowie. It's going to be 15 minutes. It's going to be amazing, but not going to do anything crazy. And then there's that shift just before 18 minutes where it's like, all right, we're going, you know, elsewhere. Like they're flirting with it for a couple of minutes before that. But then Trey starts doing like the wah scratchy thing. Yep. Um, that's when they really depart into that second big the, funk section. And, be, uh, and then eventually the cities. But right before we get to the cities, going back to that 12 minute part. Uh, yeah. But one of the things I love about it that, that stands out to me is that as Trey is shredding, like straight up shredding, right? But, you know, rather than I, I think other bands, if they had a guitar player like that, they would be kind of vamping underneath, you know, and just trying to support. Whereas Paige is is Paige isn't so playing, active. yeah. Paige is not playing pads. You know, he's not yeah. just playing like pads and supporting and 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 emoting. He is just as frenetic with him. He's pounding the keys like a madman. And there's this illusion, like they're creating, they're they're kind of doing embroidery and they're creating this like tapestry of sound. But there's this illusion of increasing speed. Like you feel like it's all just barreling forward. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's kind of an illusion. It's it's what what you're hearing is accelerating is the intensity the intensity is accelerating you know and and that's kind of it's the midpoint of this of this torture it's not the it's not the the peak as as you said we still have a ways to go but but it's just that that to me was like the the moment where you're just like what is happening here (laughs) you know right and you're you're on board and you're just like i you know you you have to have your seatbelt on your helmet you know secured and comparing that to the kind of runaway freight train shit in the 94 version it's same but also so different again because fish constantly evolving playing the same kind of jam feels so different first of all i i haven't mentioned it yet summer 97 tray guitar tone is my favorite tray guitar tone awesome yeah um it's buttery it's smooth it's bright it it does everything it needs to do, and it's just so uniquely Trey. Like I, when I think of yep. Trey's tone, I think of that. I I love it. I me too. I when I think of Trey's tone, I think of that. I also and I was thinking this just the other day when I was re-listening to these. That ninety four tone, the, the three blind mice jam that he does that after the, the the melody of that when he Trey comes up with his own riffing on that. That also is the, is a classic Trey tone that I that I absolutely yeah. love. You know, the 94 tone and the summer 97, those are the, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I love his tone now as well. But, oh, you know, it's great. Yeah. Uh, and he's really perfected it. But, but that to me was like no other guitar player sounded at all like that. The, the, you, you know, you, you have Trey played one note and, and you listened. It's Trey. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. You know, if someone gave you headphones and he already, he already plucked it and now he's just holding it out and you put it on your headphones and you go, that's Trey Anastasio. Um, yeah. You know, you know who it is. It's yeah. it's so distinct. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so cool. And I mean, th- this whole segment uh, from Ventura, like the cities, and then back into Bowie, like just the the way they execute the segue. You know, this is also they play cities much closer to the Talking Heads pace uh, than they they normally do here. You know, and just the way that they so smoothly they like modulate into the correct key for cities, and then coming out of cities, the way they modulate back into Bowie. It's so like it's so clean, and it's like you know, and and you know, it was just like like a glance, yeah. you know, from Trey. Right. Like it, there wasn't like a, you know, like a okay, and you know, like that's right. And in the beginning of it, I mean, the segue out of it is just as good as the segue into it, if if not even better, because it's so yeah. you don't notice it at first. You're just like, oh, you know, like 
you, and you, you have to be, they're picking up speed. Yeah, you have to be paying <laughs> attention, or else if, if it's background, you you wouldn't know it until 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 you do until the telltale signs. But going into it, it it's there's also a point where on the soundboard on, on the official recording you can hear Trey yell out the page like we're gonna actually sing like in my in my mind that he, all Trey says is page. But when he says that, in my mind, it's him going, we're actually going to, like, we're not just going to play it. We're actually going to, let's sing it. Like, let's do it. Yeah. You know? We're doing the whole thing. Yeah, we're yeah. going to do it. Um, Because it, it's so smooth. It, it's, I mean, it, that's one of those, it's one of the classic fish segues, I think. Like, it's just, it's incredible. 100%. Well, it, it's a legendary segment of music. Both of these are from, you know, shows that have gotten official archival releases for re you know reasons like these jams and the fact that they exist in shows that are so amazing and also so well exemplify the eras that they're in. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're picking a summer 97 show, I feel like there are very few that are better like just to demonstrate the era and the sound of that time. Like 73097 does that so well because you have First of all, you have this huge jamming centerpiece in this Bowie City's Bowie. You have really well played. You know, you you have a you a, like a great stash. You got Chalk Dust in the first set, Character Zero, Cars, Trucks, Buses, like just regular songs. And then you've got also a display of the new funk sound in, you know, in a more contained environment in like Free and in Wolfman's stuff like that. So I feel like that this show. And also you have a My Soul Encore, which, you know, everyone loves and no one will ever complain about. Um, so it's just like, it's a really emblematic show of the era. And 61894 is too, you know, legendary, known, divided skies. Like that one resonated with Trey specifically and just like 1994 fish. Yeah, and you know? you know, after that Bowie, there is still a tweezer and a you enjoy myself in that set, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, unbelievable. And, and, uh, for Ventura, yeah, there's a finesse to it. You know, there's just this like finesse and grace in the intensity as it yeah. builds and builds and builds after the cities when it's going back into it, where it's just like you can't, I don't think it's possible to to even get that intense, you know, to get more intense than that. I don't think it's, I, I think that they, they, they did it, you know. Agreed, they, yeah. They went as far as they can possibly take it with, with finesse and with, with grace because at the end of it, you want to rip off your shirt. I mean, please don't, but you want to like get naked and just be like, there's, you know, like it, it's that, it's that intense. It's a holy shit, dude. What just happened moment, you know? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's truly unbelievable, uh, you know, listening to these two jams and, you know, I, I kind of hadn't thought about Bowie as being the mid nineties tweezer that much before today. And now that kind of like, now, now I'm cooling on my wanting them to jam it out again uh, a little bit because it's like, yeah, you know, like, does jamming out Bowie fit 2023 Fish? It, it, Not really. No, but, but you know, there's moments where there are moments in some Bowies where, I mean, for the, there, there are some Bowies where they get really spacey and ambient and they, the whole reason it, it's the, it's the mid-90s tweezer is because there's, it, it's full of endless possibilities. Yeah, you know, and and there's no back then. There is no distinct. The only expectation after the after, you know, I call it the cliff. Like after they when they fall off the cliff after they composed and you know after they do Bowie yeah. and UB40 and then there's this there's this cliff and then after the cliff, anything is possible. 
you know, and now we kind of know the script they're going to do, but, but still anything is possible. And then at that moment, anything's possible, except that, you know, where the ending is, you know, you know, that they're going to go back into that ending and have it be a bookmark. But in the middle, it's like gravity's rainbow where the rocket tapes off and it can do any number of, you know, uh, any number of tra trajectories based on elemental things, you know, if trade is one thing or if page is another, and then you know where the rocket's going to land, you know? Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's unbelievable. Uh, and I think that's a great spot uh, to wrap up our discussion here of these yeah. Bowies. I feel like we just did a, a very Bowie podcast. I feel like we started and then we like, we just didn't stop for 45 minutes. The, you know, the just, cult of David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. Foot to the floor, talking about fish very aggressively, uh, which I love to do. You know, I've, I've, I, I haven't done uh, one of these like big jam deep dive pods uh, in a couple of months. And, you know, I've been podcasting about goose so much. So it's nice to, to get back into this and, you know, talk about fish a while. Uh, anyone listening at this point too, I'm going to tease the next episode is going to be another very special deep dive into the top jams of a year. We will be tackling 2018. Uh, we will have uh, good friends of the pod, Brian Brinkman and Justin Bruce coming back uh, for that episode for another jam of the year. Uh, spiel. It's probably going to be like three hours. Uh, we're recording it in a few days. I'm very excited because 2018 is one of my favorite years of fish. That's going to be fun. And Brian, Brian Brinkman. He, you know, he's an encyclopedic, he, he has an encyclopedic knowledge. Of he is. And he, one of these guys were, if uh, he'll tell me a date and, and I'll have to look it up. I'll be like, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I was there. But like, he just knows off the top of his head without oh, yeah. any refresh, all the, the, the dates. And, and like, he'll be able to tell you off the top of his head about, you know, August 13th, 93, where the jam was this many, many minutes long. Whereas me, like, I know that jam, but I have to, I have to, I have to look up like the, the data sets about it, you know? Right. No, he, he knows it all. Yeah. Another thing I love about him, just like with you and, and I hope with me is that, you know, it's context too. Like he's really good as are you at, at being able to put a, it's not just dude, that was cool. Or like, dude, when they did, it's also being able to put it in context of the larger fish narrative and, right. and also put it in the context of, of music at large and say, this is what's going on here. This is why I like it so much. This is why it's cool. This is why it works. And this is why how it relates to to fishes, what they're doing that month, what they're doing that year, and what they've done as a band. You know? Yeah. It's it's awesome. I, I love yeah. I love doing that. Yeah. You know? Contextualizing fish is is a lot of fun. Being a huge nerd. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna start uh, the podcast you and me and Brian, contextualize fish. <laughs> Perfect. Oh yeah, that's great. The sequel to Analyze Fish. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, well, thank you so much, Benji, uh, for being on today. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I look forward to meeting you in real life uh, at a show soon yeah. uh, and getting to talk fish more uh, because this has been awesome. Yeah, I'll talk fish with you anytime, Ryan. Also, uh, and also we can get, we can uh, get our toes wet with goose, but let's stick mostly to fish. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, we are, we all know we all know who the kings are. Yeah, but, but you know, uh, I, I no one's under any illusions. No, but I, uh, I appreciate Jesus. what you're doing with Goose and also a snarky puppy. So, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Listen, my my three favorite bands, you know, and I have three podcasts. Great. So, <laughs> love it. You know, one for each. Yeah. Well. That is all uh, for this episode of We Move Through Stormy Weather. Thank you so much, everybody who has been listening, uh, and we will see you. Thank you.
Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.